Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Sam Vassell Podcast on the Ambiguous Network. Right now, I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. Hope everyone is having a wonderful Thursday. Some stories that I'm going to get into, some updates about John Wick 4 and Matrix 4 from Collider. I'm also going to be talking about a brand new Transformers movie that's in the works, and it's not live action. Some casting news and some new features in development, but the first thing I want to get to is an update regarding probably the biggest story of the week, and that is the ongoing battle between the theaters and Universal Studios. And like I mentioned yesterday, and it developed as the day went on, Regal, which is the second largest theater chain in the world, is now joining the battle between with AMC to fight on Universal. And even though they didn't take on the strictest of rules like AMC did, they are joining in arm with the theaters in saying that if Universal does decide to put theaters and above or below what makes it onto a cinematic experience or putting something on digital or on demand while also putting in theaters, that's not going to be the case. And this morning during Comcast is annual quarter one evaluation of where their money lies, what their intake has been during the first half of or the first quarter of 2020. Jeff Shell was also on the call, whose comments really instigated this entire ordeal that were that is going on right now. And he went on to really kind of back up his claims, saying that even though theaters are going to be a central element of their business, there's also this line that he wants to explore with a video on demand, and he's not going to be backing down from that anytime soon, it seems like. Even though Universal has come out and said, well, we still think the theater experience is important, they still went out and it seems like they're going to keep doing this. They're still going to do it as on June 12th, the King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson is going to be put on video on demand. And again, during these time periods, it makes sense to put something on video on demand, experiment with it. But at the same time, even though I was playing Devil's Advocate yesterday, I was on the side of the theater and I was on the side of the studio, but I still got to criticize the studio for saying that the theater experience isn't still in their best interest because this is exactly what is going to happen if they don't do that. You're going to get a difficult situation with the theaters and just how the theaters can't live without Universal in their films, Universal cannot live without the theaters putting them into their films as you're going to have a much smaller box office window if you neglect the... AMC's, the Regals of the world, if you decide to do this. So it's not the smartest decision. I think, again, cooler heads will prevail in this entire scenario. I think once this whole pandemic starts to unwind and people go back to some semblance of normalcy, the theaters open back up again and business starts to creep back in and money starts to creep back into the theaters and they're not worried about closing down filing for bankruptcy, worrying about the future of their business, I think they'll say they'll see this as okay, we can go back on this and the studios can they can come together and they can work this out because just as they say in Harry Potter, neither can live while the other survives. So both of them are going to have to work together hand in hand to figure this out. What do you guys think about this update regarding AMC Universal Regal joining the comments made by Jeff Shell? Do you think this will be figured out and handled at a later date, at an earlier date? Do you think this will be figured out by the summertime before theaters start opening back up again? Let me know what you think down below in the comments section and leave your thoughts below. 
Moving on now to some new films and new projects that are being put in development. And the first one I want to talk about is a brand new Transformers film that is being in development. And the first it's not the typical live action film. It is going to be an animated movie from Paramount. And it is right now set to be directed by Josh Cooley, who was the director of Toy Story 4. And it is going to be a prequel set on Cybertron. And it will revolve around the relationship of, uh, of Optimus Prime, who is the leader of the Autobots. And Megatron, the leader of the Decepticons, who are the good and the bad of this entire story. And this seems to be a screenplay that was in development for a few years, ever since the writer's room was in development for Transformers before The Last Night came out, when there was news of all these different artists coming together in this writer's room to expand the Transformers universe in the main canon of the, the numbered films. And also the spinoffs that they did with Bumblebee. Now, because this is still in the writer's room, this is not going to be in the same realm as the action film. So the main Transformers line and the spinoffs like Bumblebee, it's going to be its own separate standoff, standalone movie that doesn't take place in that universe whatsoever. It'll contain new iterations of these characters. It'll be a new plot. No ties or connections whatsoever from what the reports have been coming out about this, about this story so far. And another interesting art point in Deadline was the studio, which is Paramount, thinks that making an animated film will be a lot easier right now in the wake of social distancing and the coronavirus because you can work on an animated film from your home or from wherever you're living instead of going out and, and shooting, whether it's on location, on set. It's easier to just kind of come up with the animation sequences and software itself and do it from your the comforts of your home or wherever you're living the only thing you would, you would have to do is you would have to get the actors whoever you would get who would be voicing these characters to do it from their home and create a little mini makeshift studio for them to do voiceover for on these characters but that's a long ways away as it seems like from even happening right now but i am interested in this movie when it comes to the transformers franchise there there was a little bit of fatigue when Bumblebee came out in 2018 from the last night that came out the year before in 2017 to Age of Extinction. There's just been a long list of we've seen these films over and over again. And even though Bumblebee was a little bit of fresh air from what we got with the Michael Bay films, I think people just wanted a little break. And depending on when this movie comes out, this will be, again, something that's completely separate. And I think the one thing that also really attracted people to the Bumblebee film was it felt very much like the animated show, the toy line that people that are fans of the Transformers series really know and love. And people felt like the Transformers movies that Michael Bay directed really took a, a, a turn, a, a, a detour from what made them really the, the franchise so special. And I'll always defend... At least the first one for being a good movie. I, I think it's it's a it's a very good film. It's got a good story, good humor. When the Michael Bay humor actually worked, that had great action sequences. I enjoyed them. Guilty pleasures for me were the second and third film. I grew up with it. I grew up with that storyline with Shia LaBeouf of Sam Witwicky, Optimus Prime. So I was fine with it. The fourth and fifth film were, was really where it kind of grew off for me and, and kind of it detracted from my love of the, at least the first three films. So, to me, it, it just needed some time away. The fifth film was just an atrocity of a movie. It, it was just action sequences 
bungled together and even the action sequences were getting really old and stale so i think this will be a breath of fresh air now whether this leads off to something else is to be determined but also when you get someone like josh coolion who really with toy story 4 there were a lot of questions about that film whether you needed to keep going on with the franchise that ended it so perfectly in 2010 with toy story 3 and coolie and the writers and the creators of the of the film last year really did a great job of living up to the legacy of the trilogy and delivering a worthy take on these characters once again a worthy story that saw some conclusions to the woody arc and to some of the other toys as well and you could see in interviews when josh cooley was talking about toy story 4 during the press tour of the film that he was really that he he was into the the project and that this wasn't just a job for him as it is for some other people like michael bay with the other transformers movies that he was into the character of what he was into learning more about his story, finishing his story in this world. So if you if you get any director for any film that is passionate about what they do and the the product that they're trying to deliver, then you're going to come out, I think, with something very special. And, it, and if Cooley, which I have no doubt he is looking to deliver a great film and is passionate about this franchise and doing something really cool, really special with this, then I think we could be into something that is interesting, fun, and exciting for the Transformers films. Moving on to another bit of casting news that happened yesterday, and that has to do with Kaylee Coco from the Big Bang Theory lore setting up for her first big film after the series finale of the hit TV show in which she's going to be starring alongside Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson in The Man from Toronto. And it's a film that revolves around a case of mistaken identity after the world's deadliest assassin known as The Man from Toronto and a stranger who is played by Kevin Hart run into each other at an Airbnb. Chaos soon ensures as the assassin's world comes crashing down on Kevin Hart's character. And so to add another talent like Kaylee Coco, this seems to be like one of those action comedies and you get Woody Harrelson who is another comes from some comedic films as well such as Zombieland and Kevin Hart's a comedian Kelly Coco of course from Big Bang Theory she's got a comedic background as well this seems to be like it could be a fun action adventure th thriller comedy that could come out and it's it was pushed from Earlier in 2021 to September 17th, there was also a bit of news when it came to Jason Statham was supposed to play the character of Woody Harrelson, but I think for the way this is starting to shape out, Woody Harrelson makes a lot more sense. I think Jason Statham, even though he can play that, that not cartoon, but that kind of crazy, kooky kind of action hero that we know him to be from Hobbs and Shaw and from some of the other action adventure films that he does, I think Woody Harrelson fits this a little bit more, but Kaylee Coco signing on to this is just another great talent addition to add on to the list. What do you guys think about these stories and development when it comes to Transformers? Do you think it's exciting that they're putting Optimus Prime and Megatron into this and revolving a brand new storyline that's taking place on Cybertron? Do you think that the franchise still needs a little bit more of, down, of a downturn after the craziness of the last decade with the Transformers franchise? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts below. Also, what you think about the Kaylee Coco casting as well. Moving on to some news regarding Wonder Woman. And with Wonder Woman 1984 now set for August 14th of this year, the press tour hasn't started for this at all. But because there's not a lot to do, a lot of, a lot of certain websites and, and Variety, Hollywood Reporter, tabloids are, are looking towards interviews, interviewing people that are in self-isolation right now. And we got a few things from the Russo brothers do do quarantine watch parties. So 
a lot of people are wondering what some of these movies that are coming out with Black Widow, Wonder Woman, Tenet, Mulan that's coming out as well. There's some big franchise films set up for the last half of 2020. And one of those is Wonder Woman 1984, directed by Patty Jenkins, starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, once again, Pedro Pascal, Kristen Wiig coming onto the franchise this time around. And Patty Jenkins has been somebody that has really carried this franchise. And when you talk about revitalizing the DCEU, she is really one of the main contributors to doing that. And she seems like she has a handle and a vision for where she wants to take the Wonder Woman franchise. And she's looking beyond just this film. And even though she focused on finishing this film and getting it out there for people to enjoy it, she's also thinking about ideas for where she sees the future. And it's not just a Wonder Woman 3. She also has an idea for an Amazon spinoff film. And she talked to comic book movie about making a Amazonian spinoff film that focuses on Themyscira and the incredible characters and the rich history that we saw in Wonder Woman, but because it was really focused on Diane's storyline, we only got the first half of, of the movie with those characters with Connie Nielsen, Robin Wright. So there's interest in seeing that place once again, and we might get that. We it seems like we're going to get more of that in Wonder Woman 1984, but to have a whole spinoff movie about it is really intriguing, and she talks about how she might not direct it, but she's going to produce it, so she has an idea of where she wants the story to take place, and crafting this universe with Wonder Woman, and she also talks about that after she's done with this film, seeing where the ideas take her for Wonder Woman 3, whenever that would take place, and she says that could be a few years off, which makes sense. When you do a lot of these big blockbusters, they take a lot of time out of you because especially when you're a director and a writer and a producer, that you're heavily invested in this, not just for a year or for six months, three months, like actors would be. They go from one job and then they can go right to the next one and then have to worry about the press tour for when the movie comes out. Whereas the directors are in it from the pre-production of coming up with the ideas and planning out the shoots to actually doing the production, which takes, if it's a big production like this, months and months out of a year. And then you got to focus on the post-production, which takes an expansive amount of time as well. So you're in something like this for years and years for Patty Jenkins. She's been a she's been a part of this since at least 2018. So she's she's been on this journey and she she talks about after this taking a little bit of a break and then coming back fresh ready to go for Wonder Woman 3 which makes total sense. And I think it would be right for Patty Jenkins to finish off if it if it is a trilogy that she's focusing on with Diane and the Wonder Woman character and the story that she's been on. It makes sense to have her kind of ride this out till the very end. She crafted an incredible film in Wonder Woman. She really broke through the ceiling when it comes to female directors directing big blockbusters, specifically superhero films, also showing that characters, female-led characters can be profitable and can be very popular within the the comic book world, but also the pop culture world as well. So to have her kind of do whatever she wants with it from here on out, give her as many movies as she wants to do, for the foreseeable future, and honestly, if she was game for it, I would consider maybe having her be the architect for the DCEU going forward. Let her kind of, if she's up to it and she wants to be invested in this, have Wonder Woman be that main figure going forward, kind of how Tony Stark was the main figure of the MCU. Have Princess Diane potentially be that main figure going forward in the DCEU, 
But DC still has a, a good thing going on right now where nothing is really connecting. They're just putting out great films over the last few years that are different from one another and are extinguished and and can be and are differentiated between the two of them. That the Joker is different from what Aquaman is. Aquaman's different from Shazam. Shazam's different from Birds of Prey. And Shazam is going to be different from the Batman and Wonder Woman 84. They're all different from one another. So I think DC has got a really good thing going right now. But if they were considering going back to creating a bigger, expansive world, like they jumbled a little bit early on with BVS and Justice League, Patty Jenkins could be somebody that you bring on to help craft this universe because of the handle that she has on the Wonder Woman character who could lead the DCEU going forward what do you guys think about this news regarding patty jenkins in the future of wonder woman down the line with an amazonian film and a wonder woman 3 let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts and the final thing i want to talk about today on the podcast is these again like i talked about with patty jenkins with people are looking to do interviews and catch up with a lot of people and deliver content for their websites and for their tabloids collider.com has been doing a really interesting quarantine interview series that they've been doing they've interviewed Rajan Deacons they've interviewed a boatload of incredible talent and actors such as Caitlin Dever from Unbelievable and Booksmart and yesterday Steve Weintraub Frosty he sat down with Chad Stahensky and David Leach the director of the the first John Wick film and very popular action directors right now and they talked about their, their upbringing and how they first formed their company and creating John Wick and really putting stuntmen in the forefront, especially when it comes to directors of action films and their mindsets going forward. And one of the things they did talk about, of course, which is really what made them so popular and so well-known, is that first John Wick movie. And they talked about how they crafted that film, getting Keanu Reeves on, and even though David Leach has stepped away after the first John Wick, he's still an EP on the franchise, so he still has his hands in it in some way, shape, or form. And so they talked about the third and, and the second film, but of course, when you're somebody who does a lot of these interviews, you want to talk about that fourth film and the up-and-coming films that they're doing, and because last year John Wick Chapter 3 was such a big hit for Lionsgate and for Stahensky and for Keanu Reeves that... Lionsgate already greenlit last year a John Wick Chapter 4 for 2021, and they talked about how, especially Chad Stahensky talked about creating the story and how that Keanu is it was always game to come back, and he's always ready and down to, to do the crazy stunts and action sequences that they do, and he talked about how he's, that he's just passionate about putting something down and crafting the next big thing that they can do on there and just just BSing ideas and putting some stuff out there and, and seeing what sticks. Kind of like the horse thing where Chad Sahensky was saying, how do I top Keanu Reeves riding a horse and battling ninjas and, and assassins while on horseback in New York City? And so I just think listening to, to Stahensky talk, he, he he seems somebody that is is passionate in his way of crafting another great ambitious film and that it's always just about the one film and that he says it. It's not... Even though it seems like there's this overarching narrative, each one is its own standalone film, and they just kind of go film by film, and and, to, and it goes wherever they go, and it makes a lot of sense. And even though it seems like every film they leave it off with a cliffhanger, they always have it be for a oneer really. And I and I and I appreciate that that pe that creators focus on 
even though I'm a big fan of expansive universes, but if people that just focus on one specific movie, that's that's what you're always trying to do, create the best thing that you have in front of you right now. And David Leach has done it as well. He's done it with Atomic Blonde, Deadpool 2, recently last year with Hobbs and Shaw. He's got a lot of big things on his plate as well. And they also talked about working on a Matrix 4 because their first upbringing really was with the Matrix as stunt doubles. And that's how they were able to get Keanu Reeves with John Wick because they knew him from the time of working on the Matrix with him. And so they talked about how they helped Laura Wachowski work on the latest Matrix film. And they gave some inside scoop on talking about how Laura Wachowski is really doing all the action herself where... Sometimes you you have different units of, of crews that work on, say, if the first unit's working on intimate scenes or working really with the main actors, then the second or third units are working on the big action set pieces that just involve the extras and the stunt doubles, and you don't really need to worry about a lot more dialogue scenes, which is something the director could work with in terms of the overall plot of the, of the narrative. But it seems like Laura Wachowski is working on the action as well in that the only thing that the that the additional unit directors are working on is getting the establishing shot. So I commend her for doing that, and I'm excited to see what she's going to do because she was a part of that original Matrix, the her and and her sibling with the Wachowskis in creating this universe. And of course, the first one is in cinema lore for how great it really revolutionized action and visual effects and the way that it talks about machines and AI and the world that can be overrun by machines, kind of like in a Terminator sense, but what's real, what's not real. So it'll be interesting to see taking that mantle, working with Carrie Ann Moss, Keanu Reeves once again with this, I think is really, really cool. And bringing the crew back along with it is makes perfect sense as they know what it takes to make a Matrix movie, even if you're not a fan of the, the, the last two Matrix films, thir- two and three. They, you ha- they have an idea of what to do for this next film. So I'm excited for, of course, John Wick 4 and what the, what is going to be brought to the table and delivering on action set pieces. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited for Matrix 4 as well, and this just gets me more hyped for the latest additions in those franchises. What do you guys think about this news for John Wick 4 and The Matrix? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. And guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my channel for more content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in onto the Ambiguous Network and be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on there, such as Umapro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. Also, check out goal-driven professionals geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. Also, check out our brand new show that will be joining the Ambiguous Network at the end of the month, The Daily Grind, a weekly motivational podcast with Kelly Johnson, give you everyday tips and key takeaways on reaching your goals. You can check them out on the website, ambiguousproduction.com, also on Facebook and Twitter, at RealAmbiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Trios, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, after you're all done checking out the Ambiguous Network on their social media accounts, make sure to follow me on my social media accounts when you have a chance. You can check me out on Twitter, at Bissell Samuel, that's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L, and on Facebook, at Sam Bissell. Thank you guys again so much, and until next time, keep on screening.